Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. And now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to oh, I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble and drunk. Welcome to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. If the neighbour's dog bites you during this interview, the bikey next door needs a cup of sugar for his meth lab. Don't despair. <laughs> <laughs> the program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Dale Bridge, Empress Dowger, I'm so <laughs> pleased to have you back. You have no idea what, what I've had to put up with. Oh. <laughs> uh, thanks, Joe. It's, it's good to be back. It's uh, Yes, I'm in, in some kind of limbo, but I've managed to make it into the studio today. Uh, I've got some bad news for you. Yeah. You know you're homeless. You know why? Because uh-huh. the Pope abolished limbo a number of years ago. Oh, damn. So, <laughs> so you're either in purgatory or hell. Yeah, well, how's in purgatory then? All right. Yeah. Now, our poor guest, <laughs> who asked me not to call him Brenton, which I will not after that, uh, Brent or Brendan Alford is with us. Hello. Hello, how are you? Well, well, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I like that. You're polite, aren't you? I like to be polite. You like to be polite. Now, uh, look, I've never met you before, have I? No. Oh, actually, you have. Where? Uh, With uh, Larissa. Larissa, yeah. Yeah. Would you come in with Larissa? Uh, Yes, I did. I came in that town with her to drop her off. I think I'm not sure what it was. Was it was? I was in here, yeah. Did she survive the interview? Um, She did. Oh, that's excellent. Now, look, I'm sure Dale is... uh, as I don't speak to the guests before yeah. the interview because it means I'd have to do some research. You know how lazy I am. So I was going to ask you, I only ask you two questions, yeah. aren't I? Yeah. One, away. And the first one is, what year were you born? Uh, 1977. 77. Yeah. You don't look that old. I know. If you're coming from a, a very attractive young lady, I'd take it as a compliment, but <laughs> I'll just take a pass on that. Yeah, yeah, look, I don't like your haircut. That's all I can say. Wrestling. Yeah, that's all I can say. I don't like your haircut. Dale, we need to remove this man from the studio. I think I he's like fun- him. I think he's funnier than both of us combined. I reckon so too. <laughs> um, seventy-seven. What can I remember about? I can't. How old was I in seventy-seven? Twenty-six, I think. Yeah. Mm, best years of my life when you were uh, born. Uh, twenty-six, twenty-seven. Best years of my life as well. Well, <laughs> please. Now, what brings you here? What brings me here? Um, my, I suppose I do a little bit of work with Brain Injury Matters and how that came about was probably 13 years ago. Hang on, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, Brain Injury, injury matters. matters. I'm the secretary for the last two years. Of what? Brain, Brain Injury Matters. Volunteer, yeah. A volunteer. Yeah. 
So what is brain injury matters? Uh, a self-advocacy uh, organisation that looks out for people with acquired brain injuries. Right. And everyone that sits on most people that sit on the board, everyone sits on the board have an acqui- has an acquired brain injury. Right. And a lot of we got, we've just employed a whole lot of workers that don't have brain injuries, but we actually do focus on people with brain injuries. Mm. For yeah. ignorant people like me. Yeah. What is an acquired brain injury? An acquired brain injury um, happens after birth and it can be caused by an accident or a series of events which uh, leads up to an accident and you acquire uh, a brain injury. So you're actually talking about physical trauma, Uh, not not, uh, some type of uh, medical disaster? Uh, No, no, physical trauma. Physical trauma. 13 years ago. Yeah, so yeah, let's get back. Yeah, so no, you're talking about things like uh, being punched in the head, uh, yeah, car accidents, yeah, bike accidents. Fall from a balcony. Fall from a balcony, right. We'll, we'll talk about what happened to you 30 yeah, no, years ago later on because yeah. I'm not that particularly interested in no, that at this stage. Right, yeah. Yeah. So you're only human, it's all right. I know. Well, <laughs> look, you made a mistake there. I'm not human. I'm a cy- cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> now, getting back a few steps, um, what's the... F- First thing you remember about being on planet Earth? You got any distinct memories? I know you'd have some memory issues, but I'm sure uh, you'd have some. Yeah, memories. no, probably as a kid, three-year-old, mm. punching mm. up my brother in the backyard. Punching? <laughs> <I, laughs> no, not punching. We, ha- we used to have wrestling matches. You know, WW. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. I used to be Mr. Yeah, Wonderful, yeah. and on the trampoline, <laughs> yeah. fighting with my brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'd be Hulk Hogan or yeah, uh, yeah. King Kong Bundy, one of those yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 and it would. Uh, or Brett the Hitman Hart and, yeah, uh, yeah, and it yeah, would have fights yeah. and it would be off the top ropes and off the top ropes just pushing each other off the trampoline uh-huh. <laughs> that was my first memory really, that was probably a 4-5 yeah. well, year old was your brother smaller or, or uh, he was bigger than me he was, was bigger my, my brother was known as a solid boy a solid boy yeah. <laughs> you know Robert Dippy had him he used to be compared to him I'm like, so okay. in other words, he was compared to that big in other words he's a fat well. little Boy. Yeah, big boy, all right. And you used to throw him off the trampoline. No, I tried to. You tried to. <laughs> you realise that before this era, we had we had the same thing, mm. and we used to be glued to our television sets in the late sixties and yeah. middle sixties with uh, local spoofs, spiffs like uh, Mario Milano. Ever heard of Mario yeah, Milano? Mario, yeah, he was actually fighting until a few years back. He was wrestling. <laughs> yeah, that was a big thing. It was a big mm. thing. Oh, and right. the WWF used to have figurines for about 20 bucks a figurine. Yeah, yeah. Out of control with prices. Out of control. Because uh, I used to be the biggest tight ass ever. Yeah. Like, my <laughs> grandfather taught me how to be a tight ass. Like, every week my brother would buy a pizza for 20 bucks. I'd go to Safeway and buy a dollar ninety-nine pizza. And I'd buy ginger beer because no one drank it. <laughs> <laughs> So tell us about your granddad. He seems uh, like my granddad, is he still around? Or? No, he died in 1992. Right. Yeah, and obviously he was a butcher when he was younger, uh-huh. and he came from Kyneton, uh-huh. and um, yeah, like yeah, I was pretty close with him, yeah. and like, I came from a single parent. Like mum was a single parent, but right. um. That's all right. Like I met my dad when I was twelve. Another story. Yeah, we'll, we'll go. Let's yeah. go back. Let's go back a few steps yeah. now. I want, I want to talk about. So, how many of your grandparents did you meet? Did you meet all of them, or um, some that died uh, before you were born? Um, no, uh, no, I met a couple. Only two. Two. Like, mum's side. Yeah. So, mum's side. But your granddad. 
as you said, your mum was a single yeah, mother. So it was, was he important? It was an important yeah, part of your like life. Yeah, my dad, pretty much. Right, yeah. right. What type of things him, did you do? I used to call him Poppy. Poppy. And yeah. Poppy, I'd, every Sunday, I had mowing lawns. Right. And he'd give me six dollars for mowing his lawns. Taught me how to be a tight ass. <laughs> well, your brother got twenty bucks, yeah. and you got six. No, my brother, my brother would help my nana yeah. in the in the, do the dusting and vacuuming, and he'd get like ten bucks or whatever. And then my father would give me six. Six. Yeah. Six. <laughs> what you didn't have to work did every you? Sunday. I had to mow his lawns. He taught me how to mow lawns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you ever cut your fingers? Oh, yeah, all the time. But he just said whatever. Whatever. Keep, keep going. going. <laughs> how about ro- I used to mow lawns as a kid. I remember. How about mm. rocks in the face? Mm. Yeah. But like, my boy used to be the butcher, right? And I've still got his knives. And have you? From uh, you, didn't, you didn't bring him with you in that case. Did no, you? A bit no. worried that you're going to get my him. man bag. You like it? <laughs> It's my casual man bag. Yeah, yeah, but casual I'm just, I'm just worried there's, there's the butcher's knives in oh, there. Oh, no, they're, they're at home. Oh, the good. That means I can still be cruel. Yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> All right. So did you go to primary school anyway? Um, yeah, St. Peter and Paul's in East Doncaster. St. Peter and Paul. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't you make up your mind? No, I prefer both of them. <laughs> and, and what's your memories of childhood like at primary school? Uh, both of the Mighty Blues and it was pretty good. Mm. Going to the footy every week with my poppy at Princess Park. Did he take? Did he take your other? Did he take your brother with you? Yeah, a bit like mum. Mum went with him, but I went with my poppy in the morning. Right. My poppy would get there like seven in the morning, which was just crazy out of control. Yeah. <laughs> Why would he get there at seven uh, in the morning? Uh, who knows? <laughs> what, what did you do between seven <laughs> and two? Sit in his favourite seat. <laughs> Where was his favourite seat? Uh, it was in the social club. Oh, uh, right next to the beer. <laughs> No, he didn't drink. <laughs> he didn't drink. Yeah. And he got there at 7 yeah. in the morning. Yeah. By 13. And we used to watch the reserves and, yeah, they didn't have on right ends then, but, like, yeah, it was pretty cool. And uh, used to meet a few of the footballers and uh, yeah. a few of the, uh, you call them uh, footballers today, I'd think most of them are tosses, but, you know, yeah, back yeah. in the day I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's what yeah. was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can you remember any of the footballers from that period? Um, yeah, actually, or a player that recently retired at North Melbourne was Jared White. He played right. at Carlton. Uh-huh. And I met him when he was about 13. And right. I was just a bit older. I was 13 as well. Yeah. But like, it was pretty cool knowing he was meeting him first footballer. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, he didn't know he was a footballer then. His dad was or uh-huh. something. So how did the conversations go between you and your poppy um, at football if you got there at 7 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit crazy. Like, I just didn't do much. I was just being a kid running around at Princess Park. Like, if you walk in the ground, on the left, the in-ground swimming pool. Right. So I used to run around the park the whole time and right. had little hiding spots and it was a bit wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, something wrong yeah. with that. But let's get back to school. Did you excel at anything in school? Oh. Primary school. Primary school. Primary school, probably not. Like Probably not. Uh, probably uh, outdoor ed, I was pretty good at. Outdoor ed? Outdoor. I, wasn't, uh, I was pretty nerdy as well. Like I wasn't oh. I wasn't that intelligent, but uh, oh. I did not primary oh. school. Who told you that? Uh, just what I sort of gathered. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get glasses until after my accident. Right. So that's when I became intelligent or looked intelligent. After a while. <laughs> uh, look, I better put my glasses yeah. on before you show me a bit of respect here, Brett. <laughs> now, that, you check? Do I get respect now? A little bit more intelligent. Yeah, I do look more intelligent. Thank yeah. you. I'll take them off. All right, because my head could blow open. Do you want me to put mine on? I didn't bring them, but. Well, we could. Well, uh, one intelligent person place. looking at the other. I don't think it'll, it'll go on radio. <laughs> it was on TV, maybe. <laughs> so did you go to high school? Did you have uh, a I went to a 
Christian Brothers School in Box Hill closed down now called St. Leo's College. Uh-huh. Why did it close down? It closed down due to a lack of numbers. But oh, right. But it was a pretty good school until yeah. afterwards in hindsight when I'd rather females there. But that's <laughs> right. We didn't, we, so it was just a single, single sex school. Boys school, school. Yeah, Boy school. Yeah. And what was life like there? For it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. And favourite part of the uniform, we had a blue tracksuit. Navy, not navy, it was yeah. a royal blue. So it went it with the Carlton. Yeah, yeah. yeah, pretty yeah. cool, yeah. yeah it was pretty <laughs> cool. What, <laughs> You wore a tracksuit to school. Uh, occasionally on our sport days. Our oh, sport days. Did you wear a little bowler hat and a tie or something? No, no. no the hat it was more the beanie or the hat. I actually you know, had the red uh, 49ers hat backwards. All oh, right, yeah. <laughs> when you wear it backwards, you're cool. <laughs> and I assume you excelled at nothing at high school? <laughs> Actually, I passed year 12. I got a really low score. <laughs> but I passed. Yeah, were they glad to see the back of you, your uh, teachers? Um, they probably were. Yeah, what, were you, were you a bit of a handful? Or, uh, or no, it was actually you know, the whole nerdy thing. from Because my mum was a primary school teacher right. at my primary school. So, like... I just you knew had behave, I had to yeah. behave because yeah. he knew. <laughs> so then at seniors all I did the same, but I didn't pass anything. I passed everything, but I didn't excel at anything because I didn't put the work in. Right. And I just know I didn't. I didn't mature until I was about 32. Oh, we'll get back to that. I'm 67 going to 68 and I haven't matured A little yet. bit more mature. Yeah, yeah. Not, no, not very oh, mature. Oh, sorry. Yeah, growing old disgracefully is my motto. I like that. You should take that on. And you know. the silver fox as well. Exactly. I am a silver fox. A disgraceful. I like it. Yeah, you like it. Yeah, I like that. I yeah. look forward to being that. I'll yeah. grow my hair yeah. back. Yeah. Well, the only trouble is we need to grow your hair if you want to be yeah. a silver fox, yeah. mate. When it, when it goes grey, I'll get silver. Oh, yeah. yeah, all right. Or oh, maybe maybe you could get some, uh, what do they call them, extensions put on because you haven't got much hair there. I just cut it off about two weeks ago. I've been growing it for like over two years. <laughs> and just cut it off and stuff it. Yeah, enough. Yeah. All right. So what does a lad who leaves grade 12 do with terrible marks? Uh, <laughs> first three months of university. You got to university? Well, you yeah. can't be that bad. No, no. I was doing a science um, oh, arts degree. That's pretty good. Cool. Uh, it was an arts good. degree for three months. Yeah. And yeah, then went to work for the AFL, doing a sports administration traineeship at the AFL. Uh-huh. And that was pretty cool. Hang out with poor boys back then. Once again, I thought I was cool. Uh-huh. Went to the Brownlow in 95, I think, yeah. and hang out with all AFL players and thought yeah, all good and everything else. And then, yeah. Can I ask a stupid question? You can ask a really silly question. <laughs> What's an yeah. AFL administrator course? Oh, it's sports administration well, yeah, what, training. What, what, what is that? AFL sport. The AFL running a company called AFL Sports Ready, mm-hmm. where a lot of AFL footballers do the course, and non-AFL footballers, which is me, obviously, and it carried a little bit of weight back in the day. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, uh, what did the course entail? Was it lectures and things? Or um, no, stuff? no, it was pretty much working at the AFL. Right. We were working at a job for three days a week and doing two days TAFE. Right. And just learning about sports administration stuff. So, what, did you get a certificate or a diploma? Uh, a certificate in the Certificate of yeah. the And I worked three years at the AFL before, oh, with my brain injury a bit later, away, I had three warnings with alcohol. I could roll up probably 100 alcohol no, let's, let's go back. Let's yeah, go back. Go so, when you were working for the AFL, yeah. right, you hadn't had your injury at that stage? Uh, no, yeah, I had my first warning for alcohol or binge drinking. Or you were binge drinking? Probably, yeah. Do you think I, it's just a cultural thing because of the football scene? No, no, more 
Uh, my dad was an alcoholic. Right. But I thought I was different because I was only drinking on weekends, right. whereas he was drinking every day. Right. That's why I thought I was different. And I didn't start drinking until I was 19. Right. And then, um, yeah, so then when I started drinking, I started binge drinking every weekend, just get plastered. And what, every weekend? Not, oh, uh, every weekend from 19. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, why? And do you think there was a reason or was it just, just uh, something Playing footy did? with the boys, going yeah. out with the boys, boys. every weekend, right. thinking that, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is to be cool, I had to drink, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. smash yeah. that, bit of bourbon and coke. <laughs> bourbon and coke. You <laughs> You didn't get to the stage where you didn't wake up. Yeah, oh, a lot. A lot. Yeah. Well, oh. binge drinking led me to. I just uh, that first drink would lead me to just doing crazy thoughts and right. thinking I could do anything. But now I know that I'm not Superman. But I'll tell you that a bit later. Later. <laughs> <Right. laughs> okay. So you were binge drinking from the age of 19. Yeah. But you didn't think it was an issue. No, because I thought I was different. I knew alcohol was bad, but yeah. my dad just drink 20 beers a day. So, so thought, when did you meet your dad? When I was 12. 12. And how did that come about? Oh, my dad. Alright, my story is better before I tell you this story. Right. My dad was a barrister. Right. And that's how I got my intelligence, obviously. Mm. And then, um, then he got caught running down Chapel Street with a sawn-off shotgun and 10 grand cash. Right. After robbing a bank. Right. <laughs> Bad choice. Bad choice. <laughs> and then he got five years jail. Right. So I probably didn't meet him before, but from memory, yeah. I met him when I was 12. Right. After he got out of jail. Mm. And then once a month for 10 years, I saw him. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, we're good mates now. So, yeah, but yeah. so he's still alive. He's yeah. gone through that alcoholic yeah. phase. Yeah, 30 years, so right. well, 35 or something 35. now. Oh, right. More than that probably, but yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, 82 was the last time. All right, so you're 19, you're working, mm. you're studying, and you're binge drinking. Yeah. Well, and then I had my first, well, my first, I probably had more warnings, but my first well, that I talk about that with alcohol, how I got the sack from the AFL, because I went out there one night and got blind, rocked into work and thought I was sober. And they um, actually said they could smell alcohol on me. Mm. So they told me to leave work and sent me home. How and, old were you then? Um, tw- 21. 21. So you've been yeah. there three years and they just sacked oh, you on the two, spot. Oh, pretty much. Mm. After the weekend, you got caught in the office and they right. said, the run out of work. We need to let you go. I went, okay. Another way of saying that, obviously, binge drinking. I didn't know then, mm. but binge drinking caused me to lose my job. Right, yeah. right. So what did you do? Uh, so then I just worked in retail and mm. for Rebel Sport or a few other companies. Mm. I went rolling off because they're probably name dropping. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, so then if you, for about six years. And then I, I was... So you were still, really well, still drink? Yeah, uh, yeah. Still been drinking Still been drinking. And I was a really good salesman. I could sell ice to Eskimos. Like could you? I yeah. became a really good talker. Well, try to sell I try to sell something to a Sicilian. Yeah, no worries. Try to sell crime to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be hard. <laughs> but you, but you, look, you're a personable person and you were yeah. before obviously you're excellent. Yeah, yeah. You're a pe- people's person. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You can talk blimey to anybody. <laughs> you know, yeah. a people, people's person. Okay, so what was your second warning? Uh, second warning, well, so the, I went to university, obviously uh, I am intelligent, mm. and I, I got a degree in recreation. Right. Now, recreation is what you do for fun on weekends when you're not working. Right. So it could be watching sport, playing sport. For me today, I train like X amount of times a week. But silly. Anyway, my second warning came to me when I was doing a snowboarding subject at university, mm-hmm. learning how to snowboard at Falls Creek. Right. And then on the last night, I went out with a group of mates, so group of people back in the day and got hammered at the Man Hotel which is in False Creek mm. and at the end of the night 
uh, I was chatting to a lady, mm. went to the bar, got another drink, came back to the lady, she was chatting to another guy, got a little bit upset, so I threw my drink on the guy. <laughs> smart. It's <And> very smart. <laughs> got thrown out of the pub, yeah. the guy spied me out because it was too heavy. <laughs> and he he, must have been he wearing, rearranged your face, did he? He must have been wearing a ring because I thought I could take a punch back in the day. Yeah. But he knocked me out. In the snow. Yeah. And and then, now, and have you ever been in a helicopter? Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Apparently, I went in a helicopter that night because they found me unconscious in the snow. They found you yeah. unconscious. Blood and everything else, whatever. Yeah. And then none of my family would come pick me up from Albury. So they flew me to Albury Hospital. Right. Because Albury, they knew that alcohol would cause another trauma in my life. Oh, right. Because they, yeah. they were starting to get concerned about yeah, your alcohol, yeah, yeah. alcohol issues. All right. So, um, yeah. So they flew you from Falls to yeah. Albury. All right. <laughs> and then I did the train home the so, next morning. So hang on. Did you get do any... Damage apart no, from a, a scar of my eye. Yeah, but no, 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 no fractured no, scar. No, no. no. so no. must, must, must. As I said, I could take a punch back in the day. Well, a bit of the snow couldn't take yeah, a punch. Yeah, yeah. That's right. But it's, it's interesting that you're punched unconscious and left out there, and nobody bothered to look for you. Yeah, but yeah, I think it was just out of the public. I don't. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure what like, happened. Right. Yeah. But you were in the snow for a while. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, so then. Yeah. So then five hour trip back to Melbourne the next morning and a friend came to pick me up from the station right. and when I saw my friend I burst out crying because I knew as well that alcohol I'd stuffed up yeah. you know, I knew I wasn't so lucky yeah, yeah. <laughs> so second time but, yeah. but did you continue to binge drink after that? Um, no I think I stopped drinking for about right. a year right. and went to did AA and did all that what thing. was going I know you can't say much about yeah. the internal dynamics but what was it like going to AA? well uh, overall, AA, right, it does wonderful things for different people. But for me, it didn't. Hearing other people talk about their stories, like, I was like, almost like, like I didn't really. Uh, mm. Back then, I didn't mm. really understand what I was doing there, and I thought you could be cured from an alcoholism. Right. I thought you get cured because, yeah, once again, I wasn't in close contact with my dad every day, so he would have told me he couldn't, but like I didn't, I thought I was doing everything the right way anyway, so right. I ignored any, anyone's comments. Right. Uh, so then I thought I was cured after that year, and then I went back to university, oh no, obviously after the holidays I went back and everyone was drinking, and I got back into drinking, mm. through them and whatever, but I thought I was cured because I thought I did the year, and if you did a year at AA, I thought you would be cured. Right, so yeah. you, you you believe there's a there was a cure? Yeah, I, at the time I thought there was. Do you think there's a cure now? No, I don't. I think once alcohol's got the power over you, it's pretty much for life. Mm. And I, so I know how do you, how do you like, deal with the situation? Well, then? today, like, uh, oh, uh, how do I just find? Uh, I keep myself busy every day by doing other stuff. I call my rehab today, mm-hmm. going to the gym and training hard. Mm-hmm. I've got an upcoming race in October for. So you distract yourself. I distract myself, right. and the whole addiction thing. I don't think I ever was addicted to one thing, mm. because I thought I was different to my dad, mm. and I did things differently. I just took drugs and mm. doing that first drink. I know now not to pick up that first drink. Mm. I learned that at AA. Don't pick up the first drink, mm. and if I don't pick up that first drink, the crazy thoughts don't start from there. Mm. So I've got. I used to think I used to be Superman. I could mm. do anything, but now after the next story I'll tell you about the last incident mm. you can tell me why I can't so how, fly how old were you when you had the second incident the second incident I would have been at 25 25 yeah right. so I probably 
was a bit too much of an older party boy, but like I had no role models in my life as a teenager, so right. I didn't know really what to do. I thought I was doing it all on my own, mm. or I was doing it all on my own, and mm. I thought yeah, I was doing everything right, but yeah. obviously yeah. doing a few things well, wrong. Chucking a glass of beer or wine over a bloke in a pub who's bigger than you is a bit foolhardy, you know? <laughs> yeah, but he was saying to my girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, she wasn't even your girl. Yeah, she, she was just talking to you. She just felt sorry for yeah. you, you know? Yeah. Look at that dude, you know? Yeah. He's all alone, sitting in the corner. Did you actually have any, many friends at this stage? Um, yeah, I had hundreds of friends. But Were they I, friends or just no, acquaintances? No, uh, I thought they were my friends, but they did like, in the third incident, mm-hmm. uh, when I was in a coma. Alright, well what uh, happened? Yeah. What happened? Alright, so, alright, so, and after a music gig, can I say, I was at? Yeah, a music uh, gig, yeah. Called, uh, I know the name. So oh, I don't worry about the yeah. name. You were at a music gig. Uh, after a music gig, and I thought I was a good dancer. Right. Now I'm not sure whether alcohol or drugs were telling me that, or I right, could bust right. a move. Right. Anyway, yeah, so I had a big night there, a big day. Then I went out to a couple of bars on the way home. Mm. I used to live in East Melbourne. Right. And on the way home from St Kilda to East Melbourne. So you were, hopefully you were walking. Um, yeah, I probably was. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. probably. Yeah. You weren't <laughs> driving. No, no I, never, I never used to drink and drive. Right. Good, or good, drugs good, and drive. Well, never did that. Right. Okay. I wasn't that stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're, so you're pub crawling. Yeah. yeah. And then on the way home, there was three nightclubs, like on, a bit of a detour, but yeah. Yeah, a detour on the way. Yeah. And yeah, on, I got refused entry from three bars. Right. And how I know that the three bars because I got caught on video footage. Yeah. I don't actually remember the night, but like I got caught on video footage, so I was there. Yeah. And then the last which is in Flinders Lane, I, they, they saw me walk around the corner towards the back, yeah. and where they found my body below a second level balcony, hang and on, next to the destroyed vending machine. Hang on, hang on, hang on. The CCTV of you yeah. walking behind the nightclub, yeah. the third nightclub. And I wanted to continue my night drinking. Right. So, I, I was, anyway. And the next thing, and the next thing is they find you. Yeah, unconscious. Unconscious on the ground. Under, yeah. And the thing, what, all I think happened, right, because I wanted to continue my night, yep. I think that I saw the balcony and thought I could jump from a second level balcony into an nightclub. Right. And I thought that I could land on my feet and keep partying. Keep partying. <laughs> but I could have been a little bit wrong. So I climbed up to the second level and knowing because it was my last week in Melbourne yeah. before I moved to South Australia for a new job to quieten my drinking. Right. To a uranium mining town, so it would probably would have tripled it. But anyway, yeah. we'll go with that. And um, oh. I tried to... No, I jumped, but I fell from the second Six level. F- onto, onto, uh, landing the on the vending machine. No, the vending on the machine. vending machine. I, I found my body next to the destroyed vending machine. And so you're unconscious. I'm sure I, I hit the vending machine. That's what machine. you're told. You're yeah. unconscious. Unconscious for seven and a half weeks. All right, let's get let's go back a step. Okay. Yeah. So you wake up. What seven and a half weeks later? Yeah. What what's the f- if you can? What's the first thing you remember when you wake up? Um, I actually remember the first thing I remember because you go through a process called post-traumatic amnesia. Right. And that's where you don't really remember things for a certain amount of time because the nurses and the doctors ask you five questions a day pretty much from when you wake up from the coma. And what, you remember what the questions are? Uh, yeah, they were simple questions like right. what day is it, what week, what month are we in, what type of season, summer, autumn, spring. And they were the same questions every day and it was pretty yeah. annoying that you... Yeah. And I'd get upset if I couldn't get five right and yeah. it took me about three months to get five right. Look, I've got a problem. What's that? I got a real problem. I, I asked the same five questions, but a few years ago, I used to I used to ask a sixth question: Who's the prime minister? Mm-hmm. 
There's been so many changes, people mm. would give you the wrong answer. <laughs> John Howard. And had nothing to do with the head injury. It's just there were so yeah. many of them. Yeah. You know, was it, was it Abbott? Was it, no, no, Rudd, yeah. Gillard, Rudd, Gillard, Abbott, Turnbull, Turnbull Morrison. Uh, you know, yeah, right. how can people keep up? Yeah. So I had to take that question out of my question. Mean That's why I asked that. you what the five questions that, yeah. were. Because, you know, yeah. no one is going to the Prime Ministers. Yeah. So many of them, right, I wrote all the answers on the board and the doctor said to me, good way to say you're passing through your brain. Nobody should have thought to cheat. I mean, <laughs> first time, first <laughs> time, <laughs> first time I've learned in my life I've successfully got away with cheating. <laughs> right. It's part of the therapy. <laughs> uh, Look, it's uh, 4.29. This is Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR. Streaming live on 3cr.org.au. We are chatting, not interviewing. We don't interview people. With Mr. Brent Alford, uh, he's telling us about his life, and on the other side of the panel, making sure all this in- very intelligent conversation goes to end. Podcast is Dale Bridge. Dale, have you got any questions of our young lad? No, I'm just I'm I'm curious to hear more about uh, the about your recovery and yeah. about uh, what you've been doing since then. Yeah. Well, see, this is see, this is what's called a perfect interview, right? Yeah. We've done half an hour, <laughs> and we've got you to the point where you've had your injury. Mm. So isn't that isn't that perfect timing? Dad did say that you'd work up slowly and you'd exactly. done very well. Exactly, yeah, we've done very well. We're on the same wavelength, Brett. You're coming from the medical angle, from being you know on the receiving end, and I'm coming from giving it. <laughs> You can be the one that pushed me off the balcony. Oh, no, 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 I'm just part of the therapy team. Now, so, what's going, are you still bed bound? Um, what do you mean? Are you in bed or could you get out of bed by the oh, time you, you woke up? Uh, when I woke up, no, I was in, um, obviously in a wheelchair for two years. Right, let, let, let's get back, I want to go back to the hospital, right? Yeah, I was in the hospital, I was in a wheelchair. Yeah, but how long were you in hospital for? Ten months. Ten months. So, I felt like I when did when did they first put you in the wheelchair? Um, when I woke up. When you woke up, you went to the wheelchair. Electric wheelchair. Did you did you realise at that stage that you had physical and uh, mental uh, issues? It took me not so much mental, but like um, it took me about two years to really understand why I was in hospital. Like, I couldn't understand why people were coming to visit me, and like, I didn't really because the brain thing mm. thinking wasn't really my best right. sort of did you recognize people in your oh, life yeah when i first saw a good friend of mine my best mate he's about 20 years older than me when i first saw him i rolled off his phone number right. it was weird he goes, when i walked in the room he just started rolling off my number and i oh four one nine eight nine three two nine three. and he gives me it was really weird because you did, uh, that was, yeah. you didn't know my name, but you knew my phone no, number. No, I didn't say his name, phone, I just said his phone, phone number. number. Yeah. Right, right. I don't mind being weird, I'd rather right. enjoy it. Yeah. But physically, did, did you, were there any consequences uh, of yes, the head injury? left side weakness. Right. Uh, how weak was the left side? Uh, I couldn't move my arm at all for a year. I remember right. the first day I moved it. Uh, it's September 14, 2007, mm-hmm. and my accident was September 26, 2006. So what, what do you remember that first time uh, when you moved your arm? I remember uh, uh, the fact that I could move, oh my God, I actually can move my arm. It was mm-hmm. a full year not moving it, and mm-hmm. just lying in bed and just watching it every day. And I was gutted, like I fully lost my life, and I felt well, like... you were a physical, physical... Yeah, I was an active person. Yeah. I was working for the Collingwood Football Club. Yeah. 
in the membership department running right. the cheer squad. Yeah. So like, yeah, when the, we're about for Carl and the Hang on, hang on, hang on, yeah. hang on. You ran the cheer squad. Yeah. Are they as feral as they look? <laughs> they are. They <laughs> Yeah. How do you think they'll go this year? No. Uh, yeah. You think I'll be knocked out this week? Yeah, no, they might stay in. Like, I think it took Buckley about eight years to learn how to coach. Right, yeah. <laughs> and that's when they told him that he's got to listen to the people yeah. around him, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So you don't think they're going to do What's your football? You said Carlton. I'm going for the Blue Boys. Yeah, you're still Braddock for the... Yeah, and you work, and, and you work for the Collingwood yeah. Cheer Squad. Yeah. Did, Did you, you tell anybody that you're no, actually a Blue supporter? No, I lied to them all. Have you lied to them all? <laughs> what they need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, getting back to this yeah. and the weakness in the left leg, how, yeah. how, how extreme was that? I was in a wheelchair for two years. They wouldn't uh, how, what was the weakness like in the left uh, leg? Left leg, they wouldn't let me walk on my own in a hospital because they thought it was dangerous. Right. And like, I, I thought I could walk around the like, the block, but like, you hadn't learned the lesson about being Superman on <laughs> fully on bending machine. I didn't really fully understand that I couldn't fly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then. After about two years, oh, after about two years, my dad said something to me, some great advice. Which what did he say? The best advice I've ever got from anyone. He said to me, Brent, you need to stop playing the victim and create a life for yourself. I thought, it took me about three, four days to work out what it meant. Mm-hmm. But when it hit me, I, thought, I was blown away because it actually hit me. I was lying in bed. So what does it mean? It means that it to stop playing the sympathy card and letting everyone feel sorry for you and create a life for yourself. And I sort of thought the whole life for yourself thing, I didn't know how to do that then. But then over an eight-year period, I was living on my own, had my own ABN business number. I was doing talks for people and I just felt amazing sort of thing. So yeah, it's great. Let's just go back. I'm interested in the wheelchair. Now, obviously you've got no... um, You didn't have enough power in your left arm to push... The wheelchair is a general electric or a or an electric wheelchair, yeah. And, and everyone, all the kids thought I was so cool because they just <laughs> let them ride around in. <laughs> yeah, right. So you had an electric wheelchair. Yeah. All right. And how long were you in the electric wheelchair? I was in the electric wheelchair for about two years. Two years then. Yeah. And you were in hospital for ten months. Yeah. Now it's quite uh, traumatic when you leave hospital after such a long period, yeah, especially when you leave with a residual disability, yeah. an acquired brain injury, and and a physical manifestation of that yeah. brain injury. So, can you remember that first day when you left hospital, or did you? They let you out for a day, and then you came back. No, for no, a few they, they let me out. I remember the first day because they wouldn't let me walk anywhere, and I was so determined on learning. I was to walk again, mm. probably just to, not learning how to walk again, just learn, just to walk. Cause I thought I could do everything. Because right. with the brain injury thing, you excuse don't, me. Is your name Joe Toscano? Oh, you're half right. You, you sound like me. You think you can do everything, but we can't, can we? No. No. <laughs> That's the problem with being yeah. human. Yeah. All right, so so that first day, tell us about it. The first day, I remember walking, uh, my, living at my dad's place for a certain amount. So of you time. went, you went and lived with yeah. your dad, and um, he lived oh. in Yulamia y- near Greensboro. Ah, yeah. And I remember walking around the. I went for a walk without a wheelchair, mm. and I was so blown away. I walked like or oh, probably a hundred meters. A hundred meters. I thought it was like five k. <laughs> <laughs> it was what five k? No, it? it was about a hundred meters. And I got, oh, when I got home, yeah. I remember it was around the block, around the court they lived in. I was so stuffed. I slept for about two hours because I had a thing called fatigue, or yeah. brain injury fatigue. Yeah. And I didn't realize what it was to start with, but I couldn't believe how stuffed I was for a hundred meters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You'd walk nothing in the yeah, hospital. Yeah, no, no, they wouldn't let me. They wouldn't let you. No. Safety. And this was a rehab hospital? No, it was, you know, it was a royal, I won't say, but yeah. Uh, it was, well, uh, Royal Talbot, was it? You can say uh, it. Yeah, uh, 
No, I was in the Royal Melbourne, but I did rehab at Royal Talbot. Royal Talbot, yeah. yeah but Royal I was in the Royal Melbourne originally. Originally. At a nursing home, Gardenview. It's not really a nursing home anymore. Oh, it was a rehab, but no, That's right. it was yeah. rehab next door to the nursing did home. Did you have any intervention as far as your head injury was concerned? Any surgical intervention or um, any yeah. drainage of blood or anything? Yeah, I think I did. I was in the theatre right. that night and yeah, actually, yeah. So you actually had a hemorrhage yeah, on the yeah. brain because the brain bled. Like, I got told the brain bled, and which is like a stroke. But yes. like obviously a stroke, they're not really expecting it to happen. But when you fall out of a balcony and land on a vending machine, you're going to do some damage. I had 17 broken bones as well. Where? All over my body. What ribs? Uh, ribs, back, arms, leg. I shattered my right ankle and right wrist. Mm. I'll say that bone there. Yep, yep, yeah. That's from the break. From the break, yes. Yeah, Dale, Dale's kind of sweating there. Yeah. She's, not, she's not used to these things. Don't show it to the, you know, Dale. You Sorry, know. the producer. The producer, yeah, yeah. She, 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 she's not here to look. I, I get paid for looking at these things, so not today. I'm yeah. like, don't worry, you'll get a bill at the end of the session. And I've got like a metal plate in my right ankle. Yep, I and saw that. Skin and you graft. St- and you've, and oh, no, that's my left ankle. That you saw. Left ankle, right. I've got yeah, right. a brace on my left ankle. You've got a brace on your left yeah. ankle, metal and plate on your... So how many right surgeries ankle. did you have? Um... One, two, three, head, head one, yep. and then right ankle, right wrist, right. two, and skin wrapped arm. Yep. Probably had a few. <laughs> I've had a few. <laughs> I was in a cover for seven half weeks. Seven and a half weeks. So, all right, you got your dad's advice. Don't yep. feel, you know, don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't be a victim, right? Yeah. You got, you get home to his his place, yeah. right? So, how does your life pan out after that? What's the well, first few things you do? Um, yeah, for a walk because I wanted to know that I could walk. Yeah, yeah right. And that obviously yeah. that was very positive. Yeah, oh, it wasn't that far. But yeah, was, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then just the whole rehab thing, the Royal Talbot. So you continued with the rehab. Yeah, right. rehab for about oh, how long? Was it? It's a couple of years, I think. Mm-hmm. Speech pathologist, learning how to talk again because you probably hear my voice doesn't sound. I hate the word normal because it's a level on a washing machine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't sound yeah. quite right. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing people need to understand is you, you sustained an injury where there was no compensation. Yeah, that's right. And look, yeah. if you have a, the same injury in a motor vehicle yeah, accident or at work, yeah. you're covered. Yeah, I, I mean, I I mean re- about the only thing you, were, you, you, you could get would be a disability support pension. And I'm on that still. You're still yeah. on that, yeah, because and people yeah. don't seem to realise that. Yeah. But we'll talk about the NDIS yeah, in, a, yeah. in a few minutes. But I'm, I'm yeah. more interested in, so how did you go from victim to somebody who's actually planning and organising their own In life. 2009, which mm. is three, four years afterwards, I uh, went to a place called the TLC, which is in Thornbury, mm. run by the Etworth Hospital, mm. and it looks after people with acquired brain injury, and um, there's about five or six in the house. And um, So did you have private health insurance? No, right? public, it's all public. It's all public, yeah. but it is run by Epworth. Oh, it? it is run by Epworth, yeah. Right. And I, I lived there for about five months learning independent living skills. What What's an independent living... What are independent living skills? See, uh, like we use house. this jargon. We use uh, yeah. jargon. Yeah, it's a lot a of house. people don't understand. It's a house in Thornbury. There's about five bedrooms in the house and then around the house, the main house is about five units. Mm. So you live in the house for about a couple of months and then you t- learn, teach also, you learn independent living skills like cooking, cleaning, right. cleaning, yeah, budgeting and things like that. Then they move you out to a unit for the last couple of months and you live on your own and so you put all those skills into practice mm. and you've got two occupational therapists working with you and a neuropsychologist mm. who actually talks through 
and helps with counselling and that mm. for a period. What's it like? And this is going to be a very difficult question, but what's it like with thinking, uh, even now after an acquired brain injury, after damage to the brain? Uh, do you think um, you think you're thinking at the same uh, speed as somebody else, or or is this kind of gaps? Or for the first probably three four years, I was slower like a couple of days out. Slower when something would happen to me, it'd take me a couple of days to work out what was going on. Then, at about two or three years, it took me uh, of practicing and uh, memory games and everything else. Mm. I got to within a couple of hours. Now, I think I'm up with it. Like, I think I can laugh with everyone and get what they're saying. Well, you are, and yeah. It's like, um, I play Spider Solitaire on the computer for the last 13 years, mm. and that's obviously training my brain to think more. Mm. And it sounds a bit stupid, but like, I actually I play mm. over a different game every time. Mm. And mm. the best I've ever got is like nine games in a row mm. on level two. And so that actually makes me feel more intelligent. Well, that's right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's a big difference from when I um, graduated, was it 1975, where we were taught the I brain. Was even born. I know, strongly <laughs> how bloody old I am. And they used to say the brain does not replicate, but now we know about brain plasticity. Yeah. And the fact is that you are actually helping to cure your own brain and getting it to work in a different way in order to deal with everyday issues. Yeah, that's it. Which is, and that's, and, and you're a classical example of brain plasticity and how it works. Yeah. That you can actually do make changes if you, yeah. if put you the want effort, to. Like, if yeah. you want to, you go from yeah. victim to, yeah. You know, activist. And I've been living. On, I've been living in this place now for a number of years. But what what place? I've been living in an apartment in North Melbourne. Right. Run, oh, when they say North Melbourne, I let people think I'm loaded, but <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't tell them it's actually a low income building. Right. It's designed for people with low income. Right. You don't tell them; you just let them think you're loaded. Like when I say I do volunteer work at Porty. Porty, a Porty, I yeah, like that. Yeah, I like you that. Don't say you do volunteer work for the Porty camp. You just say I work for Porty. Yeah, I work for Porty. It's all about what you say. Yeah. You know, Okay, so the complex you're living in, uh, uh, what type of other people would be living there? Do do they have a physical or intellectual disability? No, not intellectual. It's more uh, if they've got any disability, physical. I live in a place uh, designed for someone in a wheelchair. Right. But then low income, so a lot of Africans and yeah, a lot of sort of different uh, Africans, Ethiopian. Oh, Ethiopian coffee. Oh, my God, how good is it? So I good. know how good Brood, it is. Do you get it with the popcorn? Uh-huh. Have you had it with the popcorn? No, I haven't, but I had it with a whole lot of vegetables. Yeah, they can no. cook. Yeah, but you need to get it. Next time you get your Ethiopian <laughs> coffee, say I want yeah. traditional Ethiopian and coffee with the popcorn. Or have you had great coffee as well? Yes. Uh, my uh, friend that I used to live with in Preston, yeah. he passed away now, but anyway, rest his whole but um, yeah. he gave, because he's dead, the bricky so he can make ah, great right. coffee. <laughs> Well, look, uh, look. I've got a very sad story to tell you, which I'm sure will bring tears to your eyes. I used to be a double espresso man once, but now because of blood pressure issues, I'm a weak soy latte boy. You well, like at least that? You sound, at least you sound cool now saying soy latte. Yeah. <laughs> Could you I imagine long that? Black, long black with yeah. cold water, yeah. not hot water. From double espresso yeah. to weak soy latte. How pathetic. How yeah. pathetic I am. That's all right. You get the whole soy thing down, and then you say yeah. the dash of honey to make it. A dash cool. of honey. Oh, I'll try that next. <laughs> dash of honey. I like that. Okay, so when did you start getting involved in uh, 
things outside your own rehabilitation after you were discharged? Probably, um, I lived in oh, 2009, probably 2009, 2010. Mm. A lady by the name, can I say the name? Yeah, sure. Her name, Lynn McDonald, right. does a lot of work with our... Uh, at Ross House from Flinders Lane yep. but she was at the time working for Brain Injury Matters mm-hmm. and she got me involved with Brain Injury Matters in 2009 mm-hmm. so then I sort of stayed on to 2011 so what did you do for those two I years? I was just doing oh, and I, was, <laughs> I was a vice president one year did nothing but had vice, the well that's why you're vice president <laughs> I, had the time, but, but, I had the titles I didn't care yeah. and then, <laughs> then well that's then, what happens when you're vice president you're I not learned, expected to do anything I learned all about self-advocacy and I didn't know what? self-advocacy. What's that? When you got a disability and how you can promote to other people with disabilities how good you got and how to get cheaper deals, places, and no, just you're be the con man. You've gone back to what you were like when you were in those stores no. selling things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not quite as bad. Not quite as bad. Uh, so you're telling people, look, there's a bit of hope. Yeah. Hmm. You're selling hope. You're a hope yeah, salesperson. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. that's not that's not yeah. a good thing. No, no. You know, hope. You know what hope is? No, no, no. Hope is the love child, love child of desire and expectation. The desire for change and expectation that will occur, and that's what you are. You're a hope merchant. Thank you're you. Telling, you're giving people the I desire, love, the desire that. to change. You know, mm. you can use it in your motivational yeah. speak. You know, uh, look, in I, my the, 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 yeah, it's your, tell them it's your idea. Thank you. Because <laughs> you do know that in life, if we have one original thought, we're very lucky in a hell of a lifetime, and I've still been looking for mine. Um, yeah, <laughs> I try to make smart choices, and I like that. How do you make smart choices? Uh, jumping off our balconies in the Yeah, but that's most, 99.9% of the population wouldn't be jumping off balconies. Yeah, but I'm different. Unless I'm thrown I like off. that. Yeah, but you're making... So, with this organisation, what, what are you doing now with the organisation? I'm a secretary at the moment, volunteer secretary. So you're actually doing some work, not like the yeah. vice president. Yeah, I've actually got the... It took me about a year and a half to work out what a secretary does. But then one of the... Our support worker, she gave me a list of stuff I do weekly. Right. And I can't believe how amazing it is because they actually do what a secretary is meant to do. Which is what? Uh, just send up emails about... Um, and get contacts and engage with people about mm. minutes and agendas and just future mm. meetings. Right. And actually, I'm actually, I, first year and a half, I hated it, but now I'm actually enjoying it. Mm. Well, without yeah. you, there wouldn't be an organisation. Uh, well, they, they need a Clydesdale. I mean, the secretary. Yeah. Without, I'm not saying you personally. Clydesdale, you just remember my old horse experience when I was young. What happened? <laughs> Uh, first, uh, I've only ever been ridden on a horse once. It was a Clydesdale. Right. My uncle was that week for CUB and yeah. CUB. Oh, stuff. the old CUB Clydesdale. <laughs> yeah. You know them. Yeah, yeah. Well, everybody used to yeah. know the CUB Clydesdale. Yeah, the only horse I've ever ridden. You, you go to the show and there they were. <laughs> you know, they were polished to an inch of their life and they yeah. were blow dried. <laughs> the hair was blow dried. You didn't ride on the Clydesdale. Yeah, uh, oh, remember you were lucky. Horse ever you, were lucky. you were lucky. Mm. You were lucky. But going back to what yeah. you're doing now, is yeah. it a full time occupation? Uh, no, I work probably every Tuesday. Tuesdays is my day there, yeah. and then maybe do a, another half day. But yeah, just so one. So what do you do for the other five and a half days? Um, well, I'm currently training for the Indoor Rowing Australian Championships in October. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> hey, what, what, what is indoor rowing? 
uh, and Jim, the ogre, you know, you... No, no, look, I don't know. Me and Jim's, we don't, we don't cross I know the paths. machine you're talking yeah. about, the rowing machine yeah, at the gym. That's it, yeah. the ogre, they call it an ogre. And I, I was in March this year because up until March, my shoulder used to drop out so I couldn't go on it. Yeah, yeah. So I had to go on it. I thought, oh, my God, I can go a whole time without dropping out. So I've started training. What a championship! The Australian indoor rowing championship. How? How is it judged? I don't tell people what the race I'm going in is for a disability seat of the PR3 para. Uh-huh. I just let them, I just roll off the first part and they all think I'm an elite athlete. <laughs> oh, you are an elite. Well, uh, well, yeah, well, rest, do you know much about your resting heart rate? Oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. What's yours, 46 or something? Uh, 34. You're kidding. No, I'm serious. And I've got an ECD to prove it to you if you like. Uh, look, I'll believe you. Yeah, and you one know. of my mates said to me, if you're 34. Yeah, uh, three doctors. How come you haven't, how come you're not dead and gone yeah, to three irreversible brady cardiac? Three doctors, ECG, mm. they said to me, it's because you're fitness like, yeah, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> because if you, if I was 34, I'd be on a pacemaker. Because mm. <laughs> the way out. Yeah. So you can get it down to 34. Yeah. So what, what is your resting heart rate normally? Uh, well, it's, well, 34, like... 34? Yeah, well, that's what it was. Uh, mm. What drugs are you taking? No, no. <laughs> oh, yes. uh. All right, so you're in... So this is the first time you've been in the competition? Um, Yeah, it is, racing, yeah. Mm. And my how, how do you do with... How do you go both sides, I hold the... Uh, right. uh, what is it? The, whatever it's called, and... Yeah. The, no, no, it's, I don't do... On the, Water, I just do it in the rowing machine. Right, machine. So, um, yeah, it's like I pull good times. I'm going in three races, 2K race, right. 500-meter, and a four-minute race. Because right. okay. today I, I was rowing six days a week, and today I did uh, three 500-meter sprints with a three-minute active rest. So, so in the three minutes, I got two, sorry, one minute 59, one minute 58, and one minute 57. And what are you aiming for? I want to get 145. Well, that's what my aim is. Is that, is that the world record? No, it's, it's probably the Australian record. 145. I want to know when I get to the competition that I can get Australian records. So I don't plan on losing because I think second place is first loser. Well, I think it's quite interesting, isn't it, that although you've had an acquired brain injury, your actual goals really haven't changed, no, have they? Yeah. Oh, listen, I've got goals now before I... No, no, but, I'm not, but, but I mean, you've always wanted to be good, at, even if it was binge mm-hmm. drinking, you've always wanted to be good at what you were doing. I wanted to become successful at something. Yeah, yeah. And I think by speaking, I don't think you're famous yet, but I'm giving it a good crack. Oh, well, you're famous, you're on Radical Australia, yeah, talking it. to Dale and Joe Toscano, Dale yeah. Bridget, obviously you're famous. Yeah, you, we wouldn't have invited you if you weren't yeah, true. on the way, you know. <laughs> would, would we, Dale, would we? Would, <laughs> we, would, we, would we invite a, you know, a has-been or a... You know, I want to be on this program. You are human, it's all right, I get it. Yeah, yeah, well, what you think you were? Yeah. We, n- we need bright young things because we're the has-beens. No, yeah. Young <laughs> things, am I young? I'm older than you. No, you're not. No, no. I'm no. four years older than you. So be respectful to your elder. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, We have a... Yeah, well, no, I won't go into that. I don't think it's appropriate because kiddies may be listening. It's, it's uh, almost five o'clock there. Well, they're home from school, aren't they? Yeah. All right, so what else? You say so you're rowing, mm. you're doing one and a half days a week. Is it volunteer work? Uh, yeah. You're and on disability support pension, you're doing the rowing. five talking. times a month. What do you mean talking? Oh, I mean, my third accident, motivational speaker became... Excuse me? 
in 
people's mm. attention and that's what humour is about and that's why mm. here on Radical Australia sometimes we make really serious issues like an acquired brain injury and permanent physical and intellectual issues, you know, we make it funny. Not because it's funny, because it's a way of keeping people engaged. Earlier in the year I spoke to um, mm. through four groups of valid intellectual disability mm. and oh, at first I was a bit sort of shy, I was not shy, I was a bit taking a bit out of sorts and wasn't sure how I was going to react mm. but I had them all laughing and once you get them laughing you've got them you've got them you talk about 40 and oh, it's the biggest killer ever <laughs> <laughs> go blues no I right. love it okay <laughs> well we'll be seeing you at the next Power Olympics so. um Hopefully. If you become Australian the, champion, you'll be yeah. automa- automatic in Into there. The world. In Tokyo, that's next year. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think the yeah. indoor runs are in Paris yet. I've had some patients that have actually won four gold medals. Impressive. I know that's a guy that won, uh, I've his name now, but he won a gold medal in wheelchair rugby last Paris game. Oh, anybody can wheel, wheelchair rugby. I'm talking yeah. about four in wheelchair rugby. Four in wheelchair oh, rugby. Impressive. I mean, he makes me look like an amateur meg- megalomaniac. <laughs> this bloke, four medals in four separate Olympics. Have you held one of those medals yet? Yeah, yeah. How heavy they are. They're very heavy because they've got some real gold yeah. in them. Real gold. So, could now, when, when you get one, can I get a loan off you? You may. <laughs> yeah, right. So, look, Brenton, Brent, my apologies, yeah. Brendan, <laughs> Alford. Look, it's a pleasure it's, speaking to you really is, and uh, it's good that you've opened up to our listeners. I don't know if they'll get anything out of it, because as I said, nobody listens to Radical <laughs> Australia, but there may be one or two podcast listeners. But I think the important thing is, well, what you demonstrate is exactly what your dad said. A mind shift can actually change your life, you know. And people don't play the victim because they want to play the victim. They play the victim because that's what is expected of them. Yeah. And it's not expected of people with significant uh, intellectual, physical injuries, especially after an acquired brain injury, to go forward as themselves. And that's what mm-hmm. you've done. So you, you are, it's a pleasure to have had you here in the studio. And, you, and any other time you want me to come in, I'll come in. For well, sure. you know, but uh, you'll have to do something. Uh, I'll tell you what. We normally don't do recidivists here in the Radical Australia. You've got to do something good. So we did have somebody here a few weeks ago, Dimity Hawkins. I interviewed her four years ago, and then we interviewed her again because she won. She was a part of a group that won a Nobel Peace Prize. So if you win a gold medal at the Tokyo Olympics, give me a ring, no and we'll put you back on. Cause no worries, mate. All right. So that that's that is. You know, a bit of impetus to you. You win the gold medal, you come back to Radical Australia. Thank you. That'll be much more important than the gold medal. I'm excited, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I can see you're excited there. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Brent, and uh, thank you very much, Dale Bridge, and thank you very much, listeners, wherever you are, and uh, listening to the Radical Australia next week. You never know the breadth of talent we have on this program. Around.